0: I'm health coach Heather, and you are listening to episode 102, Jesus and Santa Claus. You're listening to the Healthy Families Rule podcast hosted by health coach Heather, Master Health Coach and Wellness Educator specializing in family health. This show is about raising a strong, healthy, resilient family with confidence and courage in a confused world. Hang out with me each week to learn practical coaching tips, parenting advice, nutrition and exercise suggestions, and stress reducers to apply to your mental and physical well being. Come listen to all the Healthy Families Real podcast episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy the show. Merry Christmas, everybody. How are you today on this beautiful Christmas morning? You're just waking up. Maybe you've even already done the presents little ones have already unwrapped all their gifts. And you're listening to this podcast now and in your free time as you're cleaning and cooking breakfast, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy, happy new year. What a beautiful, beautiful day to reflect on the life of our Savior and just how blessed we are to be here, to be Americans even with all the chaos in the world going on, how blessed we are. Ponder that today. Today I want to talk to you about two of my very most favorite things in the world, Santa Claus and Jesus. I wanted to have a a discussion today on bringing the focus together, the symbolism, the beauty of these two figures in our lives. So, with that, let's talk about who these people are, what they are known for, and their mission. I don't know if you know much about Santa Claus. I know you probably know more about Jesus Christ, I'm hoping, or maybe the world thinks they know more about Santa Claus. Santa Claus has a history behind him, and of course, you know, Jesus does too. But let's talk quickly about the legend of Santa Claus. The legend of Santa Claus, that can be traced back hundreds of years to a monk named Saint Nicholas. And it is believed that Nicholas was born sometime around 280 AD in Patara near Myra in modern day Turkey. Much admired for his piety and kindness, St. Nicholas became the subject of many legends. It is said that he gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled the countryside, helping the poor and sick. One of the best known St. Nicholas stories is the time he saved three poor sisters from being sold into slavery or prostitution by their father, by providing them with a dowry so that they could be married. Now, that story alone, can we not pause just for a second and and count our blessings that we weren't one of these three sisters whose father was trying to sell us into prostitution because we couldn't get married? We have no idea what life is like in other cultures and the horrific and awful things that take place. That seem common ground to them, seem normal, and to us, seem crazy and out there. So I pause after reading that and I just, I feel for those poor sisters and I feel gratitude for my own life. Over the course of many years, Nicholas's popularity spread and he became known as the protector of children and sailors. His feast day is celebrated on the anniversary of his death, December 6th. This was traditionally considered a lucky day to make large purchases or to get married. December 6th. Now, we celebrate the birth of Jesus December 25th. We, we know that Jesus' actual birthday is not December 25th. It's been said to be April 6th. I've also heard it possibly being September 11th. So whatever the truth is around his birthday, what we do know is that his birthday was not on December 25th, but we celebrate his birth. All right, back to Santa Claus. By the Renaissance, St. Nicholas was the most popular saint in Europe, even after the Protestant Reformation. When the veneration of saints began to be discouraged, St. Nicholas maintained a positive reputation, especially in Holland. St. Nicholas made his first inroads into American popular culture toward the end of the 18th century. In December 1773, and again in 1774, a New York newspaper reported that groups of Dutch families had gathered to honor the anniversary of his death. The name Santa Claus evolved from Nick's Dutch nickname, Sinterklaas, a shortened form of sint Nicolaas, Dutch for Saint Nicholas. In 1804, John Pintard, a member of the New York Historical Society, distributed woodcuts of St. Nicholas at the Society's annual meeting. The background of the engravings contains now familiar Santa images, including stockings filled with toys and fruit hung over a fireplace. In 1809, Washington Irving helped to popularize the Sinterklaas stories, when he referred to Saint Nicholas as the patron saint of New York in his book, The History of New York. As his prominence grew, Sinterklaas was described as everything from a rascal with a blue three cornered hat, red waistcoat, and yellow stockings to a man wearing a broad brimmed hat and a huge pair of Flemish trunk hose. And then we get into shopping mall Santas. Gift giving, mainly centered around children, has been an important part of the Christmas celebration since the holidays rejuvenation in the early 19th century. Stores began to advertise Christmas shopping in 1820, and by the 1840s, newspapers were creating separate sections for holiday advertisements, which often featured images of of the newly popular Santa Claus. So really it was around that period of 1820 where we really pop start to popularize Santa Claus and we start to celebrate Christmas again. This is interesting to me. I did not know this. In 1841, thousands of children visited a Philadelphia shop to see a life-size Santa Claus model. It was only a matter of time before stores began to attract children and their parents with the lure of a peek at a live Santa Claus. In the early 1890s, the Salvation Army needed money to pay for the free Christmas meals they provided to needy families. They began dressing up unemployed men in Santa Claus suits and sending them into the streets of New York to solicit donations. Those familiar Salvation Army Santas have been ringing bells on the street corners of America's cities ever since. Perhaps the most iconic department store Santa is Kris Kringle in the 1947 classic Santa Claus movie Miracle on 34th Street. A young Natalie Wood played a little girl who believes Kris Kringle, played by Edmund Gwen, who won an Oscar for the role when he says he is the real santa claus miracle on 34th street was remade in 1994 and starred lord richard attenborough and mara wilson the macy's santa has appeared at almost every macy's thanksgiving day parade since it began in 1924 and fans of all ages still line up to meet the macy's santa in new york city and at stores around the country where children can take pictures on Santa's lap and tell him what they want for Christmas. There you have it, folks. That is the history of Santa Claus. He represents good. He represents not the savior, but perhaps a savior of sorts. As we picture everything beautiful about the miracle of believing believing in good, believing in love. And of course, when we talk about the savior, who was Jesus Christ? Well, Jesus Christ was the literal son of God, born to a Virgin Mary, under the most lowly and humble of circumstances you can imagine, in a stable, where animals were living, And when he was born, he was laid in a manger or a feed trough. That's where he was laid. And I just think that whole symbolism of the way he came into this earth and the way he lived his life and what he represented is just so beautiful to me. His whole mission really was to come here and teach us who we are, literal sons and daughters of a heavenly father who wants nothing more, but for each and every single one of us to return home to him again. So Jesus Christ, because of the plan of our loving heavenly father to send Jesus Christ to earth, to sacrifice, bleed and die for us so that we can have eternal life and live with him again. It gives us hope and it gives us direction in our lives of how we need to live in order to return back to our heavenly home again someday and live the best life possible there. So Jesus Christ, it's his birth we celebrate. It's his love and his hope that we that we hang on to, the hope of better things to come the hope of the hope of having faith if you don't have faith that he does exist and that we do have a heavenly father i can't imagine believing in the big bang theory or some other type of theory that that excludes god and jesus christ from our lives how sad that would be to think that when we die there's nothing left that's it we just die That's not what I choose to believe. And that's not what I've been taught. And that's not what the scriptures teach us. So I guess it comes right on down to belief. Do you want to believe in Jesus Christ? And do you want to believe in Santa Claus? Now I know many families out there who don't really talk much about Santa Claus. They're very spiritual families. The, The center of the season doesn't even include Santa Claus, it just, it's just Jesus Christ. And that's a, that's beautiful too. That's beautiful too. And then there's some families who don't really, they're not spiritual. They don't practice any kind of religion, but they love the idea of Santa Claus and they love the joy on the kids faces when Santa Claus brings them toys and they get to kind of help the children develop this imagination to be believers in Santa and the magic and the wonder of Christmas that it is. But there's no Jesus Christ. For me and my family, we've chosen to believe and practice both. Why? I believe a child in living in this world needs to have an imagination of magic and wonder, because as they grow that imagination of good and miracles and magic and wonder and Santa Claus and just getting excited, it gives them excitement. It gives them something to look forward to something to really believe in that that's more tangible for them right now than Jesus Christ might be, that they can open their heart up to and feel the good of that. So I never exclude Santa from my worship in in the month of December. I don't worship Santa Claus. I don't teach worship of Santa Claus. We don't even worship commercialism and do a lot of that shopping business. But we see Santa for who he is, a symbol of good, a symbol of a savior of types, not the savior. We see him as as someone who brings joy and life to the season. And that is exciting for my family. And this is how I grew up, too, as a child. I grew up in a home where we believed in magic. We believed in all things magical because there was something really beautiful in the magic of the season of believing in Santa and believing in his elves and reindeer and all of that. I can remember being a very young girl, maybe five years old. And coming out of my room Christmas morning and hearing my dad come down the hall and say, did you hear Santa Claus on the roof last night? I heard his boots. And I was sure that I heard it too. And I heard my dad say that. I was like, yes, I totally heard it. And I was so excited just at the thought of Santa coming down my chimney, coming into my house and placing toys under my tree. It brought me so much joy as a child. And what were some of those presents I remember clear back in 1985? I remember Cabbage Patch dolls. I remember Popples. Do you remember Popples? I remember a Popple three-wheeler that I got. I remember my little pony figures and trolls. I remember those things. Care Bears. Barbies, of course. It was so fun to see those kinds of toys that you don't get on a day-to-day basis under the tree on Christmas morning. And Santa Claus brought those, not Jesus. Santa Claus brought those ones. Jesus brings us something deeper, doesn't he? Jesus really brings us the spirit and the hope that we need to keep going on and just to believe in the afterlife. That's what Jesus gives us. And he gave us that gift. And Santa gives us kind of the tangible things that we can be grateful for. So I like to celebrate both. There was a thread, however, that I heard about that was going on on Facebook in a group of a mother who posted that she wasn't sure if she was going to teach her kids about Santa Claus. She doesn't want them to be disappointed, she said, when they grow up and find out there is no Santa Claus. And this post got a lot of comments, hundreds of them. A long, long list, a thread of of comments of people who feel the same way, of people who absolutely do not feel the same way. It's such an interesting thing that we have these ideas and opinions of how, what we want to, our children to believe and how we want to raise them. I thought, you know, listening to one of my mentors say she commented on this said, um. So you want your children to be disappointed ahead of time. And I just was totally caught off guard by that comment. So you don't want your kids to be disappointed when they find out there's no Santa. So you're going to disappoint them ahead of time by telling them there is no Santa. Think about that. Every kid wants magic in their lives. They want to believe in something. They want to feel something, something special. And when you can bring imagination to a child's life, that child is going to have more ideas and success than they could have ever imagined as an adult, because you gave them that gift. My parents gave me that gift, that gift of imagination and love and wonder. I can remember even stories of mom and dad looking out the window and then saying, oh my gosh, there's an elf and just pointing out the window. And we totally believed that there was an elf hiding behind that bush. And they would just really play it up for us. I can remember Christmas Eve nights spent at my cousin's house. His house seemed so huge to me, ginormous. I go back, maybe just drive around the area. And I've seen that house since they've moved. It looks tiny. There's no way it's as big as my imagination believes it is. But I remember as a kid going there every Christmas, Eve, and there was this ginormous great room where we did the gift exchange and we did the nativity and we had talent shows and everything right there. And um, I just remember feeling so happy being surrounded by my cousins and my aunts and uncles and my loved ones and just knowing that Santa Claus was coming that night. And I remember just the adults being like, okay, the party's over. We have to hurry and get home and get into bed because Santa Claus can't come unless we're in bed. And we'd all just want to rush home and get in bed. And I remember driving home from those Christmas Eve nights and just passing this one house, you know, on, on one of the main roads and just looking up at the sky and the stars and the moon and just thinking that Santa was going to be flying across that sky any moment and landing on my roof and I would try so hard to see him and that brought me so much joy to believe I wouldn't want to take that away from my kids I want them to find out on their own and let them have their own feelings if they feel disappointed I'm going to let them have that and if they want to still believe like I still believe as an adult, I want to let them have that too. I just remember certain things in my mind about how beautiful Christmas was as a child. I wouldn't give that up for the world. That meant the world to me. This morning, I took my dog for a walk in a neighborhood that was close to a nature preserve in my area. There was a home that had a nativity set in the front yard, maybe about three feet big, you know, kind of wide and a couple feet tall or whatever. And there was this manger, this stable, and Mary and Joseph in it. And then there was this ladder that they placed, this little miniature ladder that kind of reached the top of this manger. And there was a Santa Claus, an electronic Santa Claus, climbing this ladder to the top of this manger to get a peek inside the manger at the baby Jesus. And then he'd climb right back down. And I thought, that is the coolest thing. That is so beautiful. When you can even picture Santa worshiping our Savior. That's amazing. I just thought that was the cutest thing. So why can't we believe in both and bring the two together to create the magic of Christmas and to create the peace and the hope that we need? Not just at the end of the year, but all year long. So with that, I'm going to end with a reading from one of my favorite Things ever, and that's Music in the Spoken Word. If you don't haven't listened to that yet on YouTube, you can go type in Music in the Spoken Word. You will see a bunch of episodes come up. Just pick one. Just listen to it. But here we go. Let's end with this today. Every year at this holiday season, we ponder the miracle of the Christmas story, and it certainly is a miraculous story with angelic visions a king born in a stable, and a bright new star in the sky. But do miracles belong only to stories from yesteryear, or do they still happen today? If one were to look for modern miracles, perhaps there's no better place to look than this magical time of year, the Christmas season. Miracles take many forms, of course, and many of them are subtle and quiet. But who can say that miracles of forgiving and trusting others, of exercising faith in the face of despair and doubt, are less powerful than a visit from an angel? Consider, for example, the Christmas miracle of reaching out to a long-lost friend. Recently, one man was determined to find again a dear friend he had not seen in more than 25 years they now lived thousands of miles apart. But when business took the man near his friend's town, he drove two hours to try to meet him. Sadly, he wasn't home, but the man was able to get his phone number and they finally were able to talk with each other for the first time in decades. What a joyous reunion. They reconnected. They wondered why they had let so much time go by And they committed to stay in touch. Christmas is a time for reconnecting with family, with friends, and with God. It is a time to rekindle faith. And that's what makes Christmas such a miraculous season. After all, a miracle is an act of faith. And faith is so much more than wishful and positive thinking. Faith is loving giving and gathering in the face of opposition faith is celebrating in the midst of heartache faith is enjoying the wonder of this season even when life may not seem very wonderful do angels still appear at christmas time yes and you and i can be the angel in a simple but very real way we can be the bright star that guides weary travelers with heavenly light and love with renewed friendship and faith. What miracle could be more precious at Christmas time? I hope that you enjoy this holiday season and this new year coming up with your family and your friends, and that you rekindle some relationships that you choose to forgive And you choose to love as we head into 2022. Have a beautiful rest of your weekend, my friends. I'll see you next week. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode on Jesus and Santa Claus. I want to remind you guys that I have a wellness workshop week coming on up January 3rd through the 7th. You can learn all about how to balance your hormones, how to prepare your body for pregnancy, how to conquer diabetes, how to boost your immune system, how to lose weight during a pandemic, and what are some natural remedies you can do to improve your health and encourage your body to heal itself by itself. So grab your tickets at healthcoachheather.com or check the link in this podcast episode.